thank you for making the effort to be here and to sit with energy. Uh, it was nice not having to give a lot of instructions today, um, but everybody kind of knew what to do, uh, so that the silence was um, seamless, it was unbroken. So that <clears throat> to have unbroken silence is a real privilege and a real rare, rarity, very precious. So um, it's wonderful that you come here to make that possible. Um, I've been practicing for a long time and after you've practiced for a long time you begin to think that you understand <laughs> what this practice is about. I had something of a similar experience when I studied philosophy and began to teach uh, at the university. Studied a lot, earned a PhD, uh, wrote some books and some articles, and I really thought, yeah, I've got the, the stamp of approval. You know, I, I qualified to teach this subject. Um, five years after I started teaching philosophy, I realized I didn't understand anything. Um, I was a sort of an expert in existentialism, and um, you know, this was my specialty, and I really, I really have mastered this. I even wrote a book on Kierkegaard, and oh yeah, I really am an expert on this philosopher. I realized I didn't understand anything. And so I put my effort to deepening my understanding. And after another five years, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm a lot better now. Uh, Fifteen years, I don't understand anything. <laughs> Uh, I, and at that point, I gave all my books away, um, gave them to the philosophy department, and threw up my hands and said, I really uh, don't, like, don't understand anything. Um, and I feel something of the same um, condition now. Um, I'm a so-called teacher. And a longtime practitioner, and here I am giving a Dharma talk. And I truly have come to a place where I believe I, I don't understand this practice at all. I, I just thought I understood it, but I'm really quite ignorant. And so there's a big doubt um, coming in. Uh, to my life and to my practice. Had I been asked, and actually pretty much throughout my practice, had I been asked why I meditate, and maybe sometimes you're asked this, or you ask yourself this, um, I would say to find peace of mind. That was my 
That was my intention. I have a very busy mind, as I think many of us do, and that's what I was hoping to achieve. And um, I think people express their intentions about sitting in a variety of ways. Uh, some people say they want um, to develop more compassion, to open their heart, um, to relieve stress, um, to sort of just um, for health reasons, um, to just be quiet for a while. There are all kinds of intentions, and I bet if we went around, you could identify something that you bring to your practice, uh, which could be called, as we call it in Zen, a gaining idea. That is, you have an idea of what, what you want to achieve, why you're here. And when you manage to achieve that, let's say I have a sitting today in which I feel peace of mind. I feel my mind is calm and I have a certain equanimity. Then I say, I've had a good sitting today. I, this was good. And if my mind is racing all around the place and I'm anxious and nervous and I can't come to stillness, I say, this, I didn't have a good sitting. <laughs> this was not a good sitting. And sometimes it's very rare that you experience what you came to sitting for. So a lot of people give up because they say, well, I have this intention and it's not happening. So what's the sense? There's a, um, there's a koan in which a, uh, a, 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 a young man um, with a very active mind comes to the master and says, Please help me pacify my mind. And the master says, Well, go out and find your mind. Go out and find it. And when you found it, bring it back to me and I'll pacify it for you. And the young man goes out and spends a number of years in practice and study and returns to the master and says, um, well, I've tried, but I can't find my mind. And the master says, there, I've pacified it. So, the intention is reversed. The, 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 what you are seeking for is already found. You the point is to let go of the intention. 
In fact, this practice is exactly about not having an intention. We have to release every intention. And sometimes it's said, a good sitting is when you're still on the cushion when the bell rings. A good sitting is not that you have achieved your intention. A good sitting is when you sit without intention, without a gaining idea, and just sit. No matter what, no matter what the conditions are. Um, many years ago, when I was actively studying dance and practicing being a dancer, I went to a workshop, improvisational dance workshop, and it was a week-long experience. And I was a little older than most of the participants. And by the time the week was over, I was exhausted. It was very intensive movement experience. And the teacher held a final group dance in which everybody was to participate and uh, end the workshop with this grand group experience. Well, I just, I just couldn't. I was too tired to move. And so I found a little corner in the back of the room uh, and tried to sort of make myself invisible <clears throat> and just kind of be audience. And of course the teacher found me because I was the only one who wasn't participating. And she said, why aren't you out on the dance floor? And I said, I'm too tired. And she said, well then, dance tired. And that has stayed with me all these years that somehow I had an idea of how I had to be in order to participate in this experience. And if I didn't fulfill that ideal idea, you know, being fully energetic and uh, on top of it and, you know, not having pain in my entire body, then I wasn't going to dance. But she said, dance the way you are. This is, after all, an improvisational workshop. And we do, we improvise. We do what is in the moment to do. And so if you're tired, make your dance the dance of tiredness. And that has been a kind of mantra for me, um, in this practice, um, 
And I'm sure in your own practice there are lots of variations in the level of your commitment, in the level of your doubt, in the level of your um, sense of this is working or this isn't working. Um, it's not doing what you want it to do. And so a lot of people just give up. But this is a this is a practice which occurs outside of intentions. And whatever it is that you are and are doing is what the practice is. It's nothing more than that and nothing less. Um, there is another famous uh, Zen discourse and it, it's between uh, Joshu and Nansen. And Joshu asked Nansen, what is the way? And Nansen replied, ordinary mind is the way. Shall I try to seek after it? Joshu asked. If you try for it, you will become separated from it, responded Nansen. But how can I know the way unless I try for it, persisted Joshu. Nansen said, the way is not a matter of knowing or not knowing. Knowing is delusion. Not knowing is confusion. When you have really reached the true way beyond doubt, you will find it vast and boundless as outer space. How can it ta be talked about on the level of right and wrong? With these words, Joshu came to a sudden realization. So this ordinary way, the way is your ordinary mind. We tend to imagine that there is some special state, peace of mind, enlightenment, equanimity, Wisdom, that is, is somewhere out there. And if we get a taste of it, and then, yeah, I want that. I want that special state. Nansen says, ordinary mind is the way. You're, there's nothing special. And yet, if you think about it, not think about it intellectually, <laughs> but if you are able to intuit this, to accept the fact that your ordinary mind is the way, 
is one of the hardest things to do. To just accept this pain, this busyness, this worry, this whatever it is that you have, you want to get rid of to achieve this special state. To be able to accept that, that this is, because we're always looking for something better, something we prefer, preferences. I don't want, I don't like this ordinary mind. I don't, I suffer. Um, so truly, this special state that we're seeking, if there is a special state, it's simply accepting what is. Can you do that? That truly is a special state. It's almost impossible. Because the mind is not quite it. We keep trying, looking. Our practice is getting better, getting better at finding this, this special thing. How hard it is to simply accept <laughs> this special state of acceptance. And my practice is very different from what it was 25 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Sometimes I say, it's worse. What does that mean? Sometimes I think, it's better. What does that mean? <laughs> it just continues to be my practice, no matter what my judgment is, I just, I've been able to say, no, I am failing. This practice isn't working for me the way I want it to work. And then I have to remind myself, this is your practice, this is what is. That is it. Don't go looking for anything beyond that. And that is one of the most difficult things in the world, to have no resistance to what is. To what is, who you are, and how life is being for you. So, No gaining idea. If you can sit in, instead of, I've, instead of sitting on top of your cushion, okay, I'm sitting on top of my cushion with an intention. And I've been sitting on top of my cushion for a very long time. I'm the boss. I want this particular thing to happen and I'm practicing to get there. 
we have to sit inside of our cushions. We have to allow our cushion to sit us. We have to give ourselves over to whatever presents itself and whoever you are. And to achieve that, to achieve that, oddly, I would call enlightenment. It's just very ordinary, but the most difficult thing in the world. So, good luck. And wish me luck. <laughs> Do you have time? Questions or comments? Can you identify an intention that you come to sitting with? 